Good morning. It happened again. We might be fixing the little popping issue as things go along, so bear with us. You want me to use a handheld mic? All right. I can always use this handheld mic. All right. In case we haven't met, my name's Nathan, and uh, I have a lot of jobs around here, but probably the most important student pastor. And also, every year for the Real to Real series, I get to talk about the space movie. So, why, why does Nathan get to talk about the space movie? Well, if you don't know about me, uh, I majored in physics. I have a degree in physics, and um, I just found awe and creativity in the physical world. It was like the more I learned, um, the more um, amazing everything was, and uh, the more questions that I had. It's something about God's world and the way that he has orchestrated it um, that's just, it's just amazing. Um, right now we're reading through the Bible in a year, like I mentioned earlier, and, and we see that David finds that same wonder in the stars. We just read about it. This is Psalms 119. We read, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the worlds. How awesome is that? Today's space movie is not your typical space movie. Ad Astra is more about a man and his journey, and that journey just happens to be framed in space and space travel. So we're introduced to Roy McBride, played by Brad Pitt. He's a stoic character. Um, we get a glimpse inside of him in the form of monologues throughout the movie. And many of those monologues take the form of this psych eval that he has to complete um, in order to continue his job as an astronaut. And so we're going to take a look at the very first one of these. You guys check this out. I'm calm, steady, I slept well, 8.2 hours, no bad dreams. I am ready to go, ready to do my job to the best of my abilities. I am focused only on the essential to the exclusion of all else. I will make only pragmatic decisions. I will not allow myself to be distracted. I will not allow my mind to linger on that which is unimportant. I will not rely on anyone or anything. I will not be vulnerable to mistakes. Resting BPM 47. Submit. Psychological evaluation has been approved. As a reminder, please perform any safety. I always wanted to become an astronaut. For the future of mankind and all. 
At least that's what I always told myself. I see myself from the outside. Smile present aside. It's a performance with my eye on the exit. Always on the exit. Just don't touch me. Take care, Major. Be careful. Thanks for that. So immediately after this clip, the structure that Roy is working on, it's like a space antenna. It's not like the space station. Um, it experiences a catastrophe. Oh, went too far. And um, that catastrophe causes him to fall. And he falls um, the entire distance back to Earth, remaining calm the entire time, kind of explaining to Mission Control what's going on, um, kind of in control of his faculties until he's safely back on Earth. You have to wonder, like, what creates a man like this? He has so many qualities that many of us would desire, being able to focus on the essentials, not allowing himself to be distracted, not being vulnerable to mistakes. But he also has many emotions that we live with, possibly struggle with, Things like um, aspects of our life that we just live out as a performance, always looking for an exit, searching, hoping just not to be touched. During his debriefing right after this scene, we learn that the catastrophe that, that has taken place has been traced back to Roy's father, Clifford, and the mission that he left on when Roy was 16 years old. And it was a long-term distant space mission. And these people that are doing the debriefing tell Roy they need his help. They need him to send a message to his father asking, what's going on? Where are you? Why is this happening? And that's the clip that we're going to look at next. What is happening out there is a crisis of unknown magnitude. Now, we're counting on you to help us find him. Are you with us? Yes, I am, sir. Good. You deploy first to the moon. Our long-range rockets are stationed there on the far side. Everything after that will be on a need-to-know basis. Yes, sir. Given the magnitude of the threat, a cover story is being formulated to avoid all panic. You'll be traveling commercially to the moon to keep a low profile. Colonel Pruitt will be your point person from here on. Absolute top secrecy must be maintained. Are you with us? Like I have a choice. My dad was a pioneer. 
He sacrificed himself for the search for intelligent life. My dad was the program. I was 16 when he left, 29 when he disappeared, and... Archived message. Received. 27 years. That's that. Two days ago. Roy, this is a message from your father. I'm coming at you from the Lima Project. Just on our way past Jupiter and ultimately on to Neptune. I know you have seen that we have excited, real, and enormous interest around the world, and we are grateful for it. We're doing big things up here, real big. Namely, we're about to answer the number one question, when do we find all the intelligent life out there? And we know we will. We're going to the edge of the heliosphere, where the sun's magnetic field won't affect our instruments one bit. We'll be able to examine any star system for complex life. Never been done before, and we sure are optimistic. I feel your energy back home, and of course I think of God. I'm overwhelmed at seeing and feeling his presence. So close. I love you, my son. jumped ahead again. So the mission to the far reaches of our solar system outside the influence of the sun and its interference, searching for intelligent life in the universe. Roy's father, Clifford McBride, no doubt is a hero. He's made the ultimate sacrifice for the greater good. He's given his life for science and the search for intelligent life and meaning in this enormous universe that we find ourselves living in knowing that he was leaving his son at 16, possibly to never see his son again. Roy has followed in his father's footsteps and tried filling the shoes that his father had left behind in his absence. On the outside, we see someone who has it together, someone who's confident, who's stone cold, calm in the face of danger, thinking through problems as they arise to find the most pragmatic solution. During the trip to Mars that takes place right after this, Roy's ship encounters a distress signal. And when they answer the call, they find a damaged ship and they encounter research baboons. These baboons had gotten out of their cages and caused the death of the crew of the ship. And while trying to escape, the captain of Roy's ship ends up being attacked and, and he loses his life. And after this, we get another peek into the person of Roy McBride during that follow-up psych eval. Let's check it out. McBride, Roy R., are you ready for your psychological evaluation? Yes. Please begin. I am on my way to Mars. We answered a mayday call and uh, ended in tragedy. We lost the captain. Your answer is being processed. Please continue. Well, that's it. I mean, we go to work, we do our jobs, and then it's over. We're here and then we're gone. Please describe how the incident itself affected you. The attack. It's full of rage.
I understand that rage. I've seen that rage in my father. I've seen that rage in me. Because I'm angry that he took off. He left us. But when I, I look at that anger and I, if I push it aside and just put it away, all I, all I see is hurt. I just, I just see pain. I think it keeps me walled off, walled off from relationships and opening myself up and, you know, really caring for someone. And I don't know how to get past that. I don't know how to get around that. And it worries me. And I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be my dad. Your psychological evaluation has been approved. If you wish to obtain a complete... trauma. We go to work, we do our job, and then it's over. We're here and then we're gone. How much of, of my life, how much of the man that I've become, how much of the qualities that I can't stand about myself are a result of the tra traumatic experiences uh, that I've had in life? Roy has been living his whole life being just like the person who hurt him the most. Paul talks about this in his letter to the Romans. In chapter 6, he mentions that through our father Adam, sin entered the world, and because of sin, death. And that was passed down from generation to generation until us. We have this desire to break that chain, and that's what Roy is dealing with, to stare at the stars and be amazed at the wonder and then realize that I can't even get my own life right. The things that I don't want to do, those are the things that I keep doing. Roy, Roy's desire to find his father in some ways is a desire to find redemption. Maybe he'll find a changed man Maybe his dad isn't the man that he remembers. Maybe he, he isn't that cold, abandoned feeling that's kept Roy away from everybody else in his life. The journey that Roy um, has embarked on is the embodiment of the isolation that he's been living his whole life. Months in space, alone, with just his thoughts, as he seeks his father. When he finally arrives at the ship, the Lima Project ship, he learns that the Lima Project has found no signs of intelligent life. And that when the crew learned this and wanted to return to Earth, 
his father fought for control of the ship. And that resulted in the death of the crew and these catastrophic experiences that they're, that they're experiencing on earth. Clifford, Roy's dad, has not accepted the findings, and he desires to keep on searching. And that's where we're going to pick up this last clip. You're gathering my work, I see. Data download initiated. We're a dying breed, Roy. He captured strange and distant worlds in greater detail than ever before. They were beautiful, magnificent, full of awe and wonder. But beneath their sublime surfaces, there was nothing. No love or hate, no light or dark. He could only see what was not there and missed what was right in front of him. So I have one criticism of this movie, and you guys might have picked up on it as we saw these scenes. Roy tries to bring his father home, and when they leave the ship, the father uses his space suit to pull away from Roy. But they're tethered together, so it pulls Roy away from the ship too. They begin to struggle back and forth. And Clifford keeps telling his son Roy, let me go, let me go. Finally, Clifford untethers himself from his son and is lost into the space that has consumed his life with exploring. It portrays the wonder of looking at the stars and the desire to find meaning and intelligence in the universe as being at odds or against concern for our fellow human being and finding meaning in our community here on earth. The Bible though teaches the importance of both, that they work hand in hand to give meaning to this life. We are all made in the image of our creator. And because of that, we all have value. And when we center our purpose and values in his will and in his virtues, that is where we really find life. And that is where we break this Groundhog Day repetition of the sins of our fathers. Paul talks about it in, t- in his letter to the churcher, sorry, the church in Galatia. We read in chapter six, dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is con- overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens And in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. 
you're not that important. Pay careful attention to your own work. From then you will, sorry, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself with anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. If you know anything about church history, you know that Paul is specifically writing to this church in Galatia to address something that had come up. This church was being taught that to, to be saved, to renew their relationship with God, they, they had to begin to follow the Jewish law. And Paul's like, guys, don't you remember what Jesus taught? It was a pretty simple lesson. Jesus summed it up like this, love God and love people. Love God and love people. He said as much in the, in the previous chapter, in chapter five, he says, the whole law can be summed up in this, love your neighbor as yourself. While we find wonder in creation and marvel at the expanse of the stars, it's important to live in community with those around us, to love those around us and share their burdens. I don't, I don't know if I can think of a better group than our City Point men's group because that's, that's where it's happening every week. We get together to grow closer to God, to become more like Him, but also to share one another's burdens because we struggle. And it's important for us to recognize that, that if I help you with your burden and you help me with my burden, somehow those two burdens are lighter the sum of the two is more than the burden that we each carry. So I just want to encourage you guys, find a group. We have a whole bunch that are going on right now. We got Sunday morning groups. We got week, week, uh, weekday groups to begin to live in community, to recognize those people around you that are hurting and broken and lost. Let me encourage you today to open your eyes to the world around you and their need for you. You are needed. And there is no higher calling than what Jesus has given us. Love God and love people. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that your truth is so essential that it permeates our entire life. That not only do we see your truth spelled out in your word, but that we see it all around us, even in the movies that we watch. We thank you that, that you have sent your son here to earth to start your community. 
And that when we look up and marvel at the stars and the intelligence that designed it, that same intelligence dwells within us. The image of the creator on each and every person. And we thank you. We thank you for the gift of our fellow human beings and, that, and the freedom and ability to carry their burdens with them. We just pray that you give us the eyes to see and the strength to care as we help the world around us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys stand up, let's sing together.